Welcome to Nothing to Hide with your hosts, Justin and Cody Hyde. It's great to be back in studio, and uh, we've got a very special guest and someone we consider a very close family member with us today. Absolutely, Justin. It's uh, good to be back in studio. It's been a a little bit, and uh, we've been really busy out on the ranch and uh, spent a lot of time with this uh, this guest that we're going to introduce right now. Um, just a little backstory on how we got to know uh, our guest. Um, he's, a, he's a master horseman, 10 generation, uh, and so he's forgot more about horses than we've ever learned. Um, but uh, he was introduced to us by a close friend a couple years ago, if you recall, and... Uh, you know, this guy kept telling us about this, you know, this this horseman that was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, we hear that a lot, don't we? You know, you always hear about the next guy that's in, in, incredible. And, and finally, we said, all right, we better hear about this guy. And my first time I know talking to him on the phone, it was like, um, it was really cool. It was really something I'll never forget. Uh, it hit me really hard. There was a lot of, a lot of energy there. And I said, you know, this guy is something special and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I know he's been mentored by his grandfather and, and it's, uh, it's been a real neat thing. So, um, today with us, um, uh, this very special guest, uh, Jose Alejos, uh, 10th generation horseman, uh, his family, um, uh, Originally came from Spain, brought the cavalry over uh, for the uh, the crown, and settled in Guatemala before it was a country. And uh, Jose, it's great having you on board today. Ah, thanks for having me here. I am uh, very happy to to be a part of this. Uh, yeah, horses are my life, and I just can't be in a better way. Got got me here, so this is the best way to be. We, uh, you know, I. I know when we we've had a lot of discussions, Jose, and and spent a lot of time together in the saddle, and I've learned I've learned a lot. And uh, I know before talking about having Jose on here, uh, you know, we knew this would be this would probably bring up a lot of emotions, uh, given how um, special uh, horses are. You, you really. That's the one thing I found about you. Uh, it's it's all about the horse. People say that, but with you, it really is. And I've seen that time and time again, um, where it truly is about the horse. And and so we appreciate you. Um, you know, even as sensitive as some of this stuff may be that we talk about, we appreciate you being here with us. Oh, thanks for having me here. Yeah, when it comes to the horse, I always bring my ancestors with me and. That's what gets me very emotional, you know. It's kind of hard for me to articulate when I am talking about my past because there's so many generations, uh, you know, on the back of a horse. And, you know, if you think about it, we all have generations <laughs> pass on the back of a horse. I just happen to have it so vivid in me. So I get very emotional. So sorry about that. Well, tell us a little bit, uh, Jose, um, maybe about your childhood. I know you're... Your father obviously was a great influence, but your grandfather was a very influential uh, person in your life. Yeah, you know, uh, 
my I have to thank my father because he's the only reason I'm not a delinquent. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he straightened me up good. And uh, with that rigidness that he brought me up, I end up being a good guy. It was so easy for me to go wrong. I was always smart, you know? Yeah. So I thank my father for that. He gave me what I needed to be a good member. <laughs> I thank my grandfather for the horse. Yeah. The opportunity that he gave me through the ranch he has, he had back in the day, uh, that kind of enlightened me, the, the, the horse as a source. Uh, I was such a problem kid that I found the horse as a, a way out, a solitude, and uh, his guidance through the working horse as a cattle rancher um, gave me a reason to keep going, you know? Yeah. Jose, you're one of the most accomplished uh individuals or humans that Cody and I have ever met and yet so uh, soft-spoken and, and um, low-key about those accomplishments and you know one of the things that that uh, Cody and I have really paid attention to is just your way of being who you are um, how you uh, really represent yourself and and the effect that that has on on others um you know we know a lot of people within our influence that are very influential people themselves that that have had you've had a major impact on on their lives and and lives of of their families um what do you think some of that process was that that helped you get to the point of where you are now all the way back to you know your childhood you were you know raised in Guatemala 10th generation um you know horsemen but but you know your road wasn't always easy what 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 did that look like well you know when when you're stubborn enough like I have been in my life you got to hit the wall really hard so yeah I <laughs> It's hard for me to explain it because, uh, you know, I live my life full throttle. And in the moment I start celebrating uh, my accomplishment, <laughs> in that moment I stop evolving and I start living about the past, you know. And it's uh, the only thing I have in, in, in my uh, hands as an immediate reigns is my present moment. So I like to leave my present and... Whenever I die, we'll let one of my kids or somebody write about it. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard for me to to talk about accomplishments because, you know, this is a daily life. If I did a lot, of course I did a lot. I'm the only one that I've ever seen that gets on the crazier horses and do all these crazy things just, just to save them, you know. It's not about me. It's about the horse. So, yeah, and during all this 10 generations uh, of horsemanship that we know, you know, because there's a lot of generations back that we don't know. It's crazy. You know, my father didn't do it professional. He was very good on a horse. My grandfather, he was doing, he did it uh, for a living, we'll say, since he was a little kid all the way up, bringing up. And then him and his brothers did something else. That money-wise was bringing a lot more, so they left the horse as a profession 
way on the side. And me as a crazy horse kid, I was just crazy, crazy about horses. He picked me up. My granddaddy, from all my my cousins, he picked me up because I was the only lefty and the only really, really horse crazy. And he goes, okay, this one's staying with me. So that beginning brought up who I am, you know, but uh, it's not easy to go direct on a question, on an answer. When uh, you got so many things going in my childhood, you know, growing up, my college, and, you know, horse was always there, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, Cody touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, we, we believe, as we know you do, Jose, in, in divinity. And, and um, you know, I would say in our, in, in our business careers, probably the individual that, that we learned more from from a business perspective than, than anyone else. And I don't know, Cody, if you would agree with that, but, but was a gentleman by the name of Rob Ryan who, uh, you know, we'll have on here one of these days. Rob was the founder behind the, the modern internet and had sold that company for uh, $24 billion. And, and we spent years you know, being mentored and, and learning from Rob and, and, um, you know, for Rob, it was always about the right reasons and the right purposes. And, and probably two years ago as, as part of, you know, the bronze Buffalo club, um, we implemented a leadership, uh, component where we would take executives through a leadership retreat and, and utilize the equestrian, uh, uh, side to, to help folks understand who they are and, and where they may, um, you know, lack something or, or have some strengths. And, and, uh, we really began to have an impact and, and said, you know, our mission moving forward is to, uh, you know, save horses and, and change lives. And Rob's whole purpose um, when building a business was to identify core competencies, um, you know, strengths that could be leveraged to help really accomplish the right objectives. And, and in, in most cases, um, folks, companies identify themselves as a product set or something that they believe that they are rather than identifying a rich set of core competencies and making those kind of their, their acquisitions. And so we, we always go through a process where we identify, you know, what is it that we're missing? Maybe what is it that's hidden? Um, what is it that, that, that we have that's existing that, that, you know, we could really utilize appropriately. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, like Cody mentioned, um, Cody, as you know, Jose is a, is a great student of, of, you know, the, the horse as, as well. And, and, um, was doing a great job in, in what we were trying to accomplish. But we said, there has to be someone out there that is the, you know, finest horseman in the world that has these Spanish uh, ties and that, that heritage. And, and um, we need to identify who that person is. Um, 
the following day, we're sitting on a plane going to Augusta and we're sitting next to, to Steve, you know, our mutual friend. And, and Steve, uh, without us even asking, is telling a story about this friend that he has that's this 10th generation Spaniard master horseman who's just entirely changed his son's life. He's changed the life of his entire family who saved these horses and I, you know, we landed <clears throat> uh, on the uh, the runway there in Augusta. Um, Cody was coming out later that week, and I got on the phone and I said, "Cody, um, I know our guy. Um, we need to reach out to him." And that was when we first met you, Jose. Um, within a short period of time, we watched you immediately. Um, do things with horses that, that unless you see them for yourself, you know, they're, they're hard to believe and probably not even worth talking about. But there was a moment that, uh, we watched you get on a horse that, that frankly, um, you know, you couldn't pay me a billion dollars to get on. Um, and, and when you finished with that horse, um, and, and you really changed that horse, um, I said, you know, Jose, aren't you afraid of ever dying on one of these horses? And I meant it. And, and I'll never forget what you said. You said, I am willing to die for every horse that I get on. That's how much I love them. And I'll never forget it because, um, you know, it's, it's more than just a passion for you. It's, it's your life's purpose and you do it in a way that that's not describable, but that, that changes and saves not only the horse, but, but everybody that, that interacts with you around you. Um, Cody, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I uh, appreciate you bringing that up. I, I know when you had touched down in Augusta, um, you had called me, uh, I got Jose's number. You were up in Canada, Jose. You were up there uh, training some horses, and it literally within just a, a few minutes, I uh, I knew that this guy was different than than others that we had ever really been around. We'd been around a lot of really great horsemen, and that and that you know that I think the differentiating factor was the the love that he had for the horse, and that it didn't matter what horse that was, but. But when we saw him in action that very first time, I recall that very clearly as well. Uh, you know, we had put that out that we were saving horses and we were getting a lot of horses that we were kind of their last hope, you know. And um, But seeing how Jose was able to uh, see the potential in these troubled horses, which I would say... 99% of that was humanly inflicted, whether those people knew it or not. I'm guessing they don't. I think most people really tried and they did the very best that they could. But that's that was the thing that really shocked me. I know, Justin, you and I have talked about this a lot, is, is the way that you could see the potential of that horse and push that horse to his potential quicker than anybody I've ever seen. That was, that was unbelievable. Um, and for us to, to say, man, that horse, I pre, I judged that horse prematurely, you know, to your point, I wouldn't have got on that horse for quite some time, if ever. And now we've got a guy that within minutes is on that horse. And now we're seeing a horse play out this potential, um, 
you know, he had to get through some things with you. It was pretty amazing, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Jose, talk to us a little bit about that process. What is it that... Um you know, uh, problem. If you're talking about problem horses, uh, I can identify myself with a problem horse because you know we are domesticated. We are indoctrinated to see the error on people. Yeah, to see the error on things. You know, and uh, I like to see the good stuff, even if it's the little things to to look. And when I see a horse with all that baggage and problems in human terms and whatever. There's always something good that I see on a horse, and I try to enlighten that immediately so the horse will feel more comfortable with me. It is a spiritual thing. It is energy. It's hard for me to explain. So when you when you bring the good things on a horse, I always have that quote in my mind. You know, St. Francis of Vases, he says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You know, yeah. that's the power of human. Yeah. The power of humanity, you know. We, with, our, with the brain we have and uh, horses know that they've been carrying us for thousands and thousands and thousands of years I don't see an animal that knows the human better than a horse so when I bring the good stuff up they go like huh you can see that huh yeah so you know Jose um, I've heard you use the, the term that a horse cannot lie or a horse never lies um, and and uh, what is it that's different, you know, with, with a horse? Um, maybe then it might be in interacting with people, or is it the same? No, you know, horses, uh, they can lie because they, they prey animals, you know, they react. We're predators, and plus we are so bright that we can lie to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, not mention lie to the rest of the world. But uh, I think horses are so uh, true, that to me, they're uh, a lot of times they're like mirrors. They can reflect who you are or not. How bad you want to see it, you know. If you want to see it bad enough, you will see it. Yeah, because we're we're full of as as the human race. You know, we're we we tend to put up a a screen or, or a mask, right? And horse will see through like an X ray machine. You know, through your bone, he will see your soul. And you know that's what you know. There's a lot of dark, not dark souls, but there's a lot of people with bad energy. You can, in your horseman career, you guys, you know enough about horses to know that there are people that horses don't like, you know, like dogs. Dogs don't like. Those guys, they got to clean up that energy. It's not because they're evil or, you know, it's because they carry that baggage with them and they have to clean it up, you know. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to being wrong you know yeah and a lot of people that horses don't like is people that they are hiding all that you know mm -hmm. I, I i think yeah absolutely um yeah absolutely i it's uh you, we've had a lot of fun doing these uh you know leadership uh, academies and and you know, it's again, it's not us. It's the horses. It's it's what they're seeing. It's it's they're able to see uh, the leadership in each one of us. Uh, they're able to see that potential. They don't care what car we showed up in. They don't care about what clothes we're wearing. They're looking at us for for who we are. And and uh, you've been able to magnify that even more so than than we would ever imagine doing. And I've seen that time and time again, where uh, there's an experience and and 
people leave changed. It changes their lives. And and there's not a greater feeling, I think, for a, a horseman than being able to see that, see that, the, you know, that people are able to change with uh, the use of a, an animal that is so forgiving, that's so true, that uh, doesn't hold ill feelings uh, typically towards somebody. I, I think I've learned that more from you. Um, you've been a great mentor to me. I've learned a lot. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, there's times in your life where you don't know what you don't know. And that was me with you as I started to really study and ride with you. And I had some pretty, uh, I was pretty hard on myself, I, I think you would say as well. <laughs> but seeing, um, you know, I started having a lot more empathy and sympathy for the horse, knowing that uh, sometimes I wasn't leading them in the, you know, I was confusing them or, you know, and they were always forgiving me. And that was hard for me to, to swallow a little bit, but I think it's a great thing to teach us about forgiving and, um, you know, so. Yeah. And I, you know, Jose, um, you've, you really are, uh, an integral part of our family now and, um, and your children and, and your entire family are, are part of our family. And, and like Cody, I've learned a lot from you. And, and one of those experiences for me early on, um, and I don't know that you remember this, but, um, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about just the, the well-being and, and your children and the amazing children that they are. And, and you know, um, I, 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 I was able to watch firsthand. We, uh, we got a call. It was, I think it was on a Sunday morning early that we had some cows out and, um, Cody and I were hustling cause we wanted to be able to make it to our church meetings. And, and Cody called me and I, uh, my little guy Bentley wakes up early in the morning like his dad. And so he was up and I said, Bentley, jump in the truck with me. We're going to run down to the arena and um, meet Jose and Cody. We're going to saddle the horses, and we've got some cows out. And and so we went through the process. I told Bentley on the way down to the arena, I said, Bentley, we're going to have to go pretty hard to go find where these steers are at. And um, I don't feel comfortable with, you know, your abilities yet on a on a horse. I think he had just turned eight years old at the time. And, and, um, and so we went out caught the horses, got them saddled up. And when we went to load them, I let Bentley know that he'd be riding with me. I was going to drop him off and we hadn't, you know, caught a horse for him. And, and, you know, Cody and I speak a little bit of Spanish still. Um, and I remember you looked at me and you said to me, um, you're not going to leave him and not have him go with us. Are you in Spanish? And I said, yeah, you know, he's not old enough. He's not experienced enough yet. And, and your response, I'll never forget it. You said, you cannot do that to a boy like this. You will break his spirit and he goes and he'll ride right by me, but he goes. And that was one of the most impactful experiences for my little boy because he grew up years that day. And as his father, now I had a father that would push you know, push us pretty hard and, and allow us to, to get hurt and all those sorts of things. And I remember not arguing, just saying, you know what, Jose, if you're willing to, to ride alongside of him, let him, let him come with us. And, and, um, 
And I remember watching him that day, just thinking, I can't believe he just went as many miles as hard, you know. He rode good that he day. He did, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And um, when members uh, and friends that we have interact with your children, they say, those are the finest kids that I've ever met. And it is always the same. Um, and, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about how you've worked with, you know, other kids who have struggled in the past. Um, some of those that are most loyal and close to you, Jose, you've had such a great impact. But one of the things that I remember listening to Steve on that plane ride was just how when you raised your children in, in Guatemala, you did so and made the decision to do so. It wasn't a, a, a necessity because you didn't have the means, but to raise your children without electricity, without running water, um, to really make sure that they were able to see what a horse sees, feels, you know, kind of what a horse maybe feels. And, and talk a little bit about that, if you would, Jose. Yeah, you know, uh, knowing that I was the last one in my generation uh, that, that had that passion for the horse and started to develop that uh, uh, weird senses that we developed, uh, I felt in the, it was, to me, it was like an obligation, you know, to raise my kids different so they can that I, so I can pass it on that the horsemanship skills because you know modern humans we are so distracted by electricity by all the the stuff that we have in our homes you know that we don't see up there we don't see the stars we don't see the moon we don't see anything else anymore you know the wind you know the humidity all that stuff that that we should we don't have it anymore so we have all those senses in a stage of a dormancy we we pretty much lost it so when i decided to raise my kids with no electricity i, I go like no they're gonna read horses they're gonna live horses and that's all they're gonna do i'm not giving them uh options here and uh that's why they were homeschoolers and that's why i raised them the way i raised them we have we have a little uh whale and uh we pump water and gravity takes takes over and we have our, our we have we do have running water but we didn't have electricity my kids grew up without you know microwave uh refrigerator hot water they grew up you know just back to basics i like to call it and that's why they develop the senses uh, uh they they did you know they don't even see it because it's so normal for them but uh those kids uh they're my pride and joy they're they're really good horsemen you know they're way way better than than me you know i was not even close to what joe is at is 17 and what dutchie's at 13 what amelia is at 20 what sylvia is at 25 i was not even close to that ability you know and i will like to blame it on the way they were brought up they were brought up closer to the horse and uh i was the, i was always crazy I was, you know, my father always said, it seems like you are looking for your dead, your death. You know, I'd be like, no, I'm just living the, I, I, I don't know. It was easier for me to, to notice that the fine line between life and death, you know, that's where you're always uh, more alive, Viking said. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, it's, that's, I think that's what, that's what makes uh, my kids different. And I think, it was a good decision because uh, 
I spent a lot of time with them. They spent a lot of time with me traveling from horse to horse, from plane to plane, country to country. They spent a long, t- a, lot, a lot of time with me. I think that's another very important thing. So kids grew up with both languages, uh, homeschoolers, all of them. Uh, they're, they can talk to older people, not just kids, you know. They yeah. don't have that. So I'm proud of them. <laughs> Kudos to you and, and their mother. Well, you know, if you talk about if you talk about that, my kid's mother are she is the reason I was able to to raise my kids the way I wanted to because she backed me up and you know, my whole family was like all over me like you're crazy how are you going to do this? Those kids are going to not going to have social skills and blah blah blah. And uh Sylvia, my, my my wife, she said, I back you up because yeah. I believe in you. And, you know, I will never forget that. And I, I give that woman that credit. You know, she believed in me even when I didn't believe in, me, in myself, you know. Yes. And uh, that was a huge, a huge push for my kids to develop the way we, did, we developed them, you know. So if we're going to blame someone, we're going to blame it on her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You always uh, talk about her with very high esteem and, and give her the credit where credit's yeah, oh, due yeah. you. Uh, you've oh, always yeah. spoke very Cause highly. Because it's, it's, very, it's very hard when you have friends and family all over you so telling you or dictating you how you have to raise your kids. And you're a 25-year-old kid, you know, <laughs> having your first right. one. And you go like, should I listen to him? Should I don't? And, you know, when you back up and you, you tell your wife, hey, I really want to raise my kids this way. You know, the whole world is telling me that I'm an idiot, that I'm crazy. And when she says, I back you up, I believe in it, you know. And I totally understand how important to you is the the horsemanship world. So, you know, that has a huge impact. Yeah. You know, Jose, you've traveled all over the world and, and worked in all the equestrian disciplines, really, at the highest levels. And, and um, you know, I like to... Um, sometimes throw out all the unique and fun folks that you've worked for and done, you know, work for. Um, but, but more importantly, um, really the, the, the passion that, that you have and, and the, the things that you pass along when you travel and, and where you go, it, it transcends, you know, not only at, at the equestrian level, but at the, at the human being level. And, and, um, you know, JC is one of your closest, uh, confidants and, and, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, um, you're working with, with people that have needed someone to see the best in, in them and, and maybe be saved as well. And I don't want to, you know, uh, put it out there like that, but, but, Talk to us a little bit about that, Jose. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not as direct on my answers because my head goes everywhere. It's hard for me to come back to the to the box. But uh, you know, I was so hyper uh, in my childhood that uh, all I wanted to be as a kid was my grandfather's uh, main cold starter. You know, and he died when I was 12. Even though he taught me a lot of stuff at a very young age you know it was crazy how much stuff I learned at that age anyway well when I was already let's see say 14 I'm starting everything on my dad's and you know at the ranch 
And I was so hyper that I started to, you know, I went to college. I went, I started to go out of the ranch working horses. And then I started to get out of the state. And then I started to get, you know, nationwide. And then I started to get out of the country. And then one discipline was not enough. And I want to learn more. And, and, and I was so curious like a cat. So I kept going on, jumping on different disciplines and, and learn how to master the movements on young horses. You know, they were not developed muscle wise ability and, 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 uh, psych, what's the word? Psychologically. Psychologically, you know, they were not developed, but I, I was like hungry to learn and I always fascinated about the movements and different disciplines. So I, I ended up jumping from country to country to country. But going back to JC, you know, I had a branch of a PVR in Guatemala. I had a bull riding company in Guatemala for about uh, 10 years. And I had the, the opportunity, you know, everything's through God. Uh, I had the chance to, I get so emotional. <laughs> Sorry. I had the chance to meet a lot of, uh, a lot of kids, almost juvenile delinquents, you know, and, uh, give them an opportunity to, to live. Give them the chance to to survive was uh, a very important thing in my life because I learned how to raise my kids by straightening up a bunch of uh, dark kids, if we can say that. You know, I I learned a lot through them especially how to be thankful without knowing it. I turned those kids in, into a tough, tough, tough humans with, uh, with a lot of toughness in front and a lot of love too, honesty. So yeah, JC's the, the last one I picked up. And uh, I don't know we were talking about that with Sylvia the other day, and uh, I think we had like 40-some guys living on our ranch before our kids. So, yeah, I had a lot of experience with uh, with all this problem, problem kids. You have to understand that, you know, a third world country uh, problem young man is not even close to what a first world country problem young man is <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. those guys over there they're survivors they are mean they're, they can be really really bad so i learned a lot from them you know i was always uh i don't know like i do with the horses i always see the good stuff on them even though they're covered with bad stuff they have good stuff they have light and when you enlight that light they change and they change quick. Yeah, you're Jose. I we appreciate you. I, we kind of put you in a vulnerable spot there talking I'm about that. Yeah. No, don't. It, it, we really appreciate it, but I think that's the one takeaway. Um, I would say I've learned from you more than anybody, um, with the you know, exception of a couple people really close to my life, uh, Justin being one of them, my father and my mother, but. Uh, you you see the potential in everybody. It doesn't matter if it's maybe a juvenile delinquent, uh, or if it's a 
very successful businessman that hasn't quite um, come to grips with the the honesty in his life, um, or if it's a young boy that has the passion, that's uh, hungry, that's hungry, yeah. that wants it, that uh, you're able to help them reach that potential. You push their capacity. You do that with young horses. A uh, a horse trainer that I very much respect. Uh, he and I were watching you and he says, I could get a horse there, but it'd take me 30 rides. He's doing it in the first ride. He says, that's unbelievable. And it's because you believe that that horse has it. You see it and you give that horse so much confidence that they can reach that. Um, and, and I, I've seen that with people. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and so we appreciate you, you sharing a little bit of that. Uh, because it's been very impactful for for us, I know. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, but I get very emotional all the time. You know, I'm so passionate about everything I do, and when it involves energy and uh, and the love for what we do, it's always uh, too emotional for me. You know, like all these kids, uh, they're men now. You know, JC's 35 years old. Uh, he's like my, we'll say, my younger brother, or you know my oldest son, whatever you want to call it. But like him, there were quite a few guys that I trust my life, you know, on them. And uh, watching those guys, I remember one time uh, he said, why are you doing this for me? One of these guys, I said, why are you doing this for me? You know, I've been rejected from society, from my own family. You know, he was almost a street street kid. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I just know I have to because you have so much to offer. You know, you're unique. And uh, that guy is a really successful guy now, you know. But uh, he's not successful because of me. He's successful because he believed in what I try to explain, I guess. Same thing with the horses. I kind of know. If the horse... Uh, like a juvenile delinquent or a problem kid or an aggressive uh, being, you know, it's like a horse. If the horse has enough strength to go against my spur, against my leg, can you imagine using that strength to go with the flow? <laughs> yeah. You know? Rechanneled and yeah. repurposed. Yeah. Um, you know, as <clears throat> as we've really gotten to know each other and, and um, you know, it's one of the greatest blessings in our life, Jose, and... and um, you know, watching you and learning from you is as really now the the bronze buffalo master horseman with with all these families who who uh, you know are, are beginning to feel and see these sorts of things. Um, what's been really fascinating to me is the educational side of watching and and learning. Um, we recently had a very um, you know very successful businessman that that we. Uh, came came down to the arena with and um you were on a a uh, horse that that uh, uh that was well spirited and and um and you started to do some things and and show and and educate and teach in some ways that I know was highly impactful for him as as we talked afterwards and and as part of that is you know the discussion is the the evolution of humanity um and how horses have always been a great part of you know uh the the human race and and that that resource as it relates to um 
you know, the different moves and the different disciplines and maybe talk to us a little bit about that. I, I think that's a fascinating thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I always have a mild diarrhea when, when I have to explain what I do because I love, I'm so passionate, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that one. Uh, yeah. Mouth <laughs> diarrhea. Mouth, yeah, I like Speaking it. a lot. I like this. Yeah. You know, it, it's so much that I wanted to say that somebody said that when you have some, a lot to say, you have little to, to learn. And I go like, I want to learn all the time, but when it comes to, to horses and to my life and I'm so passionate that I can keep going, um, coming from the Spanish crown, uh, you have to understand that uh, Latin America was conquered by it, by the Spanish crown. So it was the cross and the sword, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, the Spanish crown conquered more land than the Roman Empire itself on a horseback. And that was for millennium. So if you think about it, the horsemanship skills those guys had, it was amazing because, you know, it's a life and death situation there so all the training they did on the horses and all the the bulls the main bulls they had to use to train all this war horses was uh, uh i can't even start talking about it it's just too crazy because it was you know they were conquering uh it, it was a huge empire uh, the spanish crown was just uh huge and uh of course, they develop a horsemanship skill that nobody did. People talk about the English crown. People talk about the French crown. No, 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 no. Spanish crown were, they were the real deal. And uh, and again, whether you like it or not, they were killing machines on horseback. You know, just like Attila the Hun, you know, uh, Alexander the Great. You know, all these guys without the ability they had on the horses, they didn't do much good. You know, modern... A horseman will go, we'll say Pancho Villa in Mexico. Without that horsemanship skill, they don't, they will never develop what they, or did, did what they did. So me coming from, from those guys, uh, I feel very honored and very proud that, that we have, uh, history, written history about my ancestors. Uh, we put up, we put all that together and that's, uh, what creates the modern dressage you know people don't realize that modern dressage is coming directly from war movements and dressage is the mother of them all we talk about disciplines so cowboys and i'm a cowboy to the core but we've been pushing cattle only 250 years that's nothing compared to the amount of centuries or millennium that we've been killing on each, on each other on a horseback so if you think of if you read a little, a little bit of history, you know the, the 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 fightings, the war was the 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 fact that creates such a an ability on a horseback, such a horsemanship skills on a horseback. Uh, I don't know if I got a little bit detour on the answer, but there's so much to talk about. Well, and that's I think what really attracted to us originally in our limited horsemanship at. Uh, you know, studying, you, you find out and you, you start to look at, at some of the best, best horsemen. Um, and that was puzzling. I know in high school, that's where I was really going with it saying, okay, there's something different. And, you know, 
some of the best horsemen in the states were the the Dorrance brothers. Yeah, and they were unbelievable. And they were doing things that that wasn't really accepted because they were able to change these horses and and they kind of were going against the grain. And so studying about them and them learning up from the Californios and I'm saying, okay, who are these Californios? I want to lo- learn about them. And, uh, you know, and those were the, the Spanish that came and conquered and they called them Californios, the, the, you know, the region in California. And I, I've often told Justin, man, I wish we could find somebody that was, that was never broken, that, that everything, this old fundamental horsemanship that was, you know, pure source from, from the Spanish because they were notably better. Um, and, and that was shown through history on the, the, the many empires that they conquered. Um, and so I was pretty inquisitive with you on the phone for the very first time, uh, at kind of about your pedigree a little bit. And, uh, now I, I feel silly even suggesting that I questioned, right? <laughs> no, and, no, uh, no. It's but, something that we don't talk about often with people, you know? Yeah. And I, I know for me, you know, we get pretty set and horsemen all do, you know, we've all got egos and it's sad, uh, really, but, uh, growing up and, and doing some things, uh, with the Western horsemanship, a humbling experience for me was then switching disciplines with you and, uh, throwing a different saddle, a flat saddle and, and uh, I realized how much I didn't know. I didn't know. And I, I can't believe how much that's helped my Western horsemanship. Um, but learning, you know, some of these old, old, you know, I guess you could call them disciplines now, but they were survival war horses that is now the classical dressage. And it's yeah. been fascinating. Back then, they the movements weren't as pretty because they were effective. <laughs> if you don't move fast, you're dead. Now it's elegance and prettiness and, you know, a lot of stuff in, involved in, in the dressage, modern dressage discipline. Our war horses were a little bit different than the modern dressage horses. Everything changed. It's a call evolution. But I think if you go back to the resource, to the source of uh, horsemanship, you have to go back to the war horse where I come from where my ancestors come from and that then everything clicks together you know Mm -hmm. the way we rope the way we work horses when we rope is so different and it's so old and you know modern uh cowboys they're seeking for the california the old style and i go like well we're coming from the same route hernan cortez uh (laughs) put the first horse in in the continent in in veracruz and he came up conquering i mean not just walking conquering all the way to california so it's written history you know yeah <laughs> they brought the horse and uh and and then in jalisco in in jalisco in, in mexico before that was a country because people don't realize that we were like i i live in Retaluleu, a part of a part of guatemala my, my ancestors lived there before guatemala was a country so before that it was the spanish crown territory 45, 40% of this country or maybe around that was Spanish crown territory. So if when you, when you see that the, the, in Jalisco, they invented to rope on a horseback because they were good ropers on foot, but the Spanish brought the horse and they go like, huh? So they developed the, the, the saddle tree, the first saddle tree. I mean, it's fascinating the history. Those guys in three generations, they were able to master 
you know, the roping on a horseback. And then they came, then the U.S. started to develop as a, as a, as a, as a place, as a continent, and they needed a, a lot of meat and stuff. So they brought all these families to Texas, to here to Montana, Wyoming, and to California. And that's where the vaquero uh, started, you know. The, the, the history is just fascinating. I, I, I love it because they blend with, uh, with the Northern Territory because, you know, here is cold. It's different. It's so different. So the, the, the cowboy skills, we'll say, change from the place to place. So, gosh, man, if you go back to, to the war horse and you jump back to the modern and you try to link everything together, you know, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jose, um, I, I think in, in closing, um, for me, um, having you in our lives has made our lives much more beautiful and much more rich. And, and when, when you, um, you know, moved to the ranch and, and we began to have the, the kind of family interactions that, that we did, um, the, the stories and the tales and, and we'll, we'll have Jose on again, um, you know, uh, on another podcast. Cause you really have lived 10 lives and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, <laughs> and, and I love about Jose, you know, um, you know, he's been a champion in, in about everything imaginable at a young age. And, um, and I remember asking him one day, you know, why don't you go show these folks, go compete? And, and you said, I have no reason to, I have nothing to prove. Right. And, and that's this, this kind of signal or, or sign of, of this ultimate polish or, or maturity. And there's a quote that, um, when I think of Jose, um, from Alan Hamilton and it's, uh, I call horses divine mirrors. They reflect back the emotions you put in. If you put in love and respect and kindness and curiosity, the horse will return that. And as I think about your life, um, whether it's starting colts in, you know, uh, for the king of Dubai or other unique families around the world that you've done incredible work, you know, with, you've put in love and passion and curiosity and that's why your life is beautiful um and and uh it's representative of what you put into it um what what would you say to our our listeners um that maybe haven't had a lot of experience with horses or maybe they have what's what's one takeaway that uh that you would say you know this is something that uh that could help, you know, enrich in your lifestyle, um, or, or your, your life that you could learn from a horse. Well, you know, uh, gosh, man, I'm, I'm so happy to be here where people understand me and my passion and my craziness about horse. Um, you know, I, if you are a believer, you can, you can think about, uh, reincarnation. If you are an unbeliever, you want to go, to science you think about genetic memory so <laughs> whether you like it or not all of us as humans we had so many ancestors that spend their lives on the back of a horse for so many generations so we have a dna memory about that you can live your life and and and, and being raised in a city 
where you see a horse on a TV, but if you turn that switch on, you will find horse in your genes. That's why the horse is so powerful for the human, I think, because we all are related to it. You know, even modern humans, I mean, I mean, look at internal combustion. We still have horsepower yep. as a measurement, you know. So if you think about it, the horse, is, the horse was the only one that pulled the wheel for thousands of years for us humans. So I think that power for so many years creates a great, great impact subconsciously speaking on a human. And that's why the horse can change us so much because the interaction that we had with that animal for so long uh, has to, it had to change our DNA, you know, it had to create like a, like a mold with it. And uh, I encourage everybody, everybody to just get close to horse. Just feel you know, allow yourself to feel an animal that you never touched, you never seen it before, you know, just allow yourself to feel and then subconsciously speaking, uh, you will notice the magic of a horse. Absolutely. Thank you, Jose. And I don't really have much to add to that. I, I, uh, the horse has allowed us to live in the present moment. You've uh, helped us to to look and, and live in the present moment. Uh, and anyway, we just really appreciate you being on today. And uh, thank, thank you, Justin. Thank and, you. So. I'm so, so thankful for you guys to have me here talking about horses. You know, this is my passion. And sorry that I get so passionate about it, but I just. We wouldn't have it any other way, Jose. <laughs> we uh, we yeah. love you and appreciate you being on. Love, and love you too, guys. Thanks. And, um, perfect. Thank you, and this was another episode of Nothing to Hide with your hosts, uh, Justin and Cody Hyde, and again, our special guest, Jose Alejos, and we'll hear from you uh, more uh, here in the future. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.